Hello ninjas and ninjas and welcome to another episode of the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name's Tim, I'm Head Ninja at Exposure Ninja and best-selling digital marketing author. In this episode, you're gonna go behind the scenes of one of the UK's best content marketing campaigns of 2018. Now, how can I say that with such confidence? Well, this campaign has been nominated, it's on the shortlist for not one but two awards at the UK Search Awards, best use of search in finance and best use of search in B2C, so huge categories there. And we're going to be talking to Helen Anglin, who's been working on this content marketing campaign uh, with Exposure Ninja for over a year now. And she's going to show us some of the strategies that she's used to get fantastic content placed. Um, the content that we've placed has completely transformed this, this business's visibility and they've gone from um, generating very few leads to, to really absolutely smashing lead generation, becoming one of the most productive in their market. You know, it's a very competitive market as well. So really great to get Helen's insight. Now Helen's someone who does content marketing all day every day. She's an absolute master at her craft and one of the things that comes across in talking with her is not only how much she's mastered content marketing but how she's actually mastered the topic that this business works in. So it's a financial um, topic, it's around PPI and she's become a you know a genuine expert in PPI as a result of working on this campaign. Quite interesting because one of the questions that we often get when we start working with a client or when someone's considering working with a company like Exposure Ninja is, well how can you possibly be an expert in my industry? My industry is completely different. As you'll hear with Helen, who's someone who had no prior experience of PPI, actually working a bit um, in this in these markets and doing the amount of research and writing that someone like her does on a project like this means that you do pick up quite a lot of information and quite a lot of knowledge. Um, so there's actually very little about uh, the PPI claims um, situation that Helen hasn't learned uh, over the course of this topic. So very interesting for you. If you're thinking of going into content marketing and you think, well, I don't know anything about this. Well, trust me, <laughs> by the time you've done this for six months or so, you will definitely know a lot about it. So without further ado, enjoy this show with Exposure Ninja's own Helen Ang. Helen, welcome to the show. Thank you. Who are you and what do you do at Exposure Ninja? Um, so I work in the content marketing department. Um, so the content marketing department, we um, create various contents from blogs um, copy, um, and guest posts or sponsored posts for our clients. You're kind of the, uh, in the CM department, you're kind of the heartbeat of a lot of our SEO, aren't you? Because you put the stuff together, which ranks, and then you help to get links as well. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So in this episode, we're going to go behind the scenes of a campaign, which you have been uh, central to. And in fact, it's one of our I guess one of our most successful SEO campaigns. We've just found out that it's actually been shortlisted for the UK Search Awards um, in two categories up against uh, companies like Vodafone and Specsavers. How does it feel to know that your campaign has been uh, recognised on that sort of level? Yeah, it feels fantastic. It's definitely the biggest campaign I've worked on for Exposing Ninja and it's really great to be recognised with some of the bigger brands. Um, so yeah, really excited about it. If we win it, I'm going to go mental. <laughs> I think I will too. <laughs> cool. So, all right, this campaign that we're going to be looking at then, tell us a bit about the client. What do they do and who is their typical customer? 
Okay, so the client is um, a PPI claims company, um, which some people are familiar with. Um, the banks a few years ago missold a lot of insurance and a lot of people can claim back compensation. So the typical customer is anyone based in the UK who's over about the age of about 25 or 26, um, because most of the PPI policies were missold during the 1990s and the early 2000s. So there's quite a large customer base, um, basically anyone over about 25 who might have had a credit card loan or mortgage um, or even a store card. So there's, there's quite a big um, net to cast. And it's a very competitive market, isn't it? They're going, yeah. particularly this client who didn't really start with their digital marketing much until kind of, well, I guess 2017, really, kind of mid 2017 is when we started working on it. And they where were they when we started working together? How do you know what the website was doing for them? How well it was performing? It wasn't performing very well at all. They weren't ranking very well because, as you say, it's a competitive market and a lot of these companies have TV adverts or radio adverts and those are the ones that get stuck in your head and that if you think, oh, I need to make a PPI claim, then those are the ones you're probably going to search for. So their website, they had their homepage had you know a bit too much text on it and the, the pages weren't very SEO optimized. Um, so they were ranking quite low. I'm not sure how many leads they were generating at the time, but I think maybe it was around 20 a day. Um, so it was, it was quite minimal. Okay. And then fast forward to today before we go into the strategies that got them there, but where, what sort of level are they at now? So um, the last time I checked, which was early on today, they have 177 keywords, which are ranking between position one and three. And Boom. nearly 600 keywords between position four and 10. Um, that is ridiculous. So it's been, it's been amazing the, uh, the amount that they've increased in the SERPs. And I think now they're on, we're nearly on 100 leads per day, which is um, a pretty incredible turnaround. That is insane. So take us back to the start then, Helen. Uh, when you began work on this campaign, fairly typical with a lot of Explosion Ninja campaigns, I'm guessing you weren't the, the kind of PPI guru that you have become today. Um, no, not at all. Um, I had to learn a lot about, um, you know, the mis-selling scandal and everything that happened and a lot about PPI claims companies because a lot of people automatically have negative connotations because um, they've had bombarded with cold calls. So you know, I wanted to learn a bit more about these companies and what they do, um, and especially about our specific client. I think that's quite interesting for people to hear about because one of the questions that we get from people who are considering working on SEO or content marketing with an external agency is, yeah, but do you guys specialize in whatever, estate agency or uh, legal or, or something like that? And you kind of have to say, well, no, but we didn't specialize in anything, you know, we didn't, none of the campaigns that we write on like e-cigarettes, we didn't know much about that when we started. And now we, you know, our people get invited to talk at conferences about e-cigarettes, even though they don't vape. So that kind of research phase is, is quite important, isn't it? It must be very interesting as a content marketing ninja learning about so many diverse markets in such detail. Yeah, it's really interesting. And I think what we've found with the content marketing team at Exposing Ninja is that we've kind of fallen into certain topics. So, I mean, I've been working on this campaign for about a year and a half. So I definitely feel like my knowledge of personal finance is improved, whereas other people have been working a lot on HR clients or law clients. So it's, you end up learning a lot and then 
it helps you to specialize and become better when you're writing content for that particular client or that particular industry which is great and just hearing you talk about PPI, like when I asked you to explain what the client was about, it's like, okay, you clearly sound like someone who knows this market pretty well by now. Yeah, I've learned a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so when you start working on a campaign like this, what's the first thing you do? How do you get yourself kind of calibrated and, and what do you start looking for? So I think one of the first things I do is to check the client's website because not only can you learn about the client and the service that they're providing but also in terms of the content that you want to do you can have a look at their website and see if there's any areas for improvement so with this client in particular like we said the the home page had so much content on it a lot of it which was irrelevant and you would never scroll to the end of the page so it was about making sure that the home page was succinct and that everything on there was important and easy to understand. So from a content perspective, definitely start with the website itself and look at what can be improved. Um, so with the copy, and then the second thing is that look at the keywords that the website is ranking for. So, you know, do you need to add some extra pages or do you need to create a blog or do you need to create a knowledge base? So for this client, we... We started looking at keywords and we quickly realized that a lot of people who were looking for PPI would type in PPI claims plus NatWest or Lloyds Bank or Egg Credit Card, all the companies that missold PPI. So we quickly realized that this was an opportunity to create content about each bank um, or each company that had missold the insurance. So that was a great way to start. And we created some cornerstone content about each of the banks, which has been really popular and if you just create, you know, one blog post that's really comprehensive and informative about a very specific topic, then it can start ranking. So we've noticed that a lot of the um, the blogs we've written about specific banks are, are um, ranking really well, which is great. Um, and then the final thing, if I first start working on a client, is looking at what their competitors are doing. So you check what their competitors' websites look like, where they're generating backlinks from. Um, and it was interesting because a lot of other PPI claims companies, not many of them were doing a lot of outreach, PR outreach from what we could see. There was a few that had a few backlinks, but no one seemed to be doing it as much as we've done in the past year and a half, which I think has given us an edge over the other, over the other companies. Which is crazy considering how high the CPC is for like Google ads, right? Where people might be spending 15, 20 pounds a click. Yeah. You'd think that they'd be hammering their PR stuff. Anyway, interesting. So, all right, so you've, you've done a bit of research. You've had a look at the keywords that they're ranking for. You've worked out what kind of content that you want to get um, added to the site. What about finding good targets for links? How do you start looking for websites that you might want to get some links from? So the one of the main things is to find websites which are topically, topically relevant um so in this case kind of personal finance is is the key so started having a look for publications and bloggers who write about personal finance you know you know how you can claim for compensation how you can make some extra money that kind of stuff um and uh, pitching an article to them about this um, so there's, there's a lot of, um, finance websites out there and a lot of them are quite willing to, you know, have these articles about 
how you can claim PPI or information about the deadline um, because it's really useful information that their readers want to know about. And what about the topics? Because how to claim PPI is obviously one angle, but you've been working on this now for over a year. So I'm guessing you've written a few about a few different takes on, on PPI since then. Yeah, absolutely. So um, it's, I mean, there's a lot of different stories relating to PPI. I mean, I think a couple of years ago, there was one about if you're divorced and if you have a joint PPI policy, who gets the refund money, <coughs> excuse me, or if you have to do it together. Um, so if you find publications, maybe um, there are a few publications focused on women. And typically with a joint PPI policy, um, the man used to be the, the person on the policy. So then, oh, would he get the money if it was a joint account? So finding really specific topics and finding publications that are more suited to those specific topics. Very cool. So let's say you've got a you've got a website where you've researched a particular topic which you think would get some good traction. What does the process look like from having that website in front of you to actually getting some content published on that page? Um, so first of all, I just have a look at the website, make sure it's kind of a credible website, check the domain authority, um, so that if you are going to post on there and get a backlink, then it's a good website to to be posting on. Um, and then if I look around on the website, I would find the editor or the person who owns the website and find a contact um, email address. And then I just send them a very, I try to make it a short pitch, just talk about who I'm working with and the content we'd like to provide for them. And most importantly, why, why we think they should post it. So what value will it bring to their readers? You know, will it help them to make a claim? Will it help them to understand all the PPI lingo and make them understand it better. So what value will it bring to their readers? So you've reached out to the editor with a short pitch. Now, for people out there who have websites, they're used to getting pitches along these sorts of lines a lot. Mm. Um, what sort of success rate are you aiming for here? And, uh, you know, how, how much of this kind of outreach needs to go on in order to get someone to say yes? So it's difficult to say the success rate. I think it depends who you're contacting. Mm -hmm. So um, say I, if I'd send 30 pitches, I think if I, if I got five or six leads from that, that's good, I would say. Okay. Um, yeah, it kind of depends which publications it is and how big the publication is. And what are your kind of, what do you do differently now when you're pitching than you did when you started? Like what are the little tricks that you've found? I think I find definitely making them shorter because you'll find with a lot of editors get so many emails that they don't want to read a lot of waffle. Just go in and say what you want to write about and um, who you're working with and just get to your point sooner. Um, so they can read it and think, yep, that's a great fit for me. Or if they don't want it, or if they're busy, you know, you can always send a follow-up pitch um, and reiterate the article you want to write as well. How important are those follow-ups to the success of a campaign? Would you just email people once and if they don't get back to you, just leave it? No, definitely follow up. We've, I mean, not just myself, other content marketing ninjas, if you follow up maybe five days later or so, and it's surprising how many editors just, they have so many emails a day, it's easy for them to miss one. Um, or even if you just change the subject line um, of the email, you know, maybe the first subject you sent 
in the line it just wasn't quite what they wanted to read but if you send another one with a different um title then it could grab their attention i guess like these these are busy people aren't they if they're on a deadline day or yeah. they're away that day or something and you come back to your computer and there's like 200 emails you're just in deletion mode so yeah absolutely yeah you never know where someone's going to be at. Um, another thing that you've done for this campaign, which has been ridiculously effective, is the data outreach. Um, firstly, for those who don't know what data outreach is, how do you describe it? So data outreach um, is a method we use to we'll create content based around a certain set of data. Um, we, we found that if you put data in a headline, then people are more likely to click on it. So, you know, if I saw an article and said only 30% of people would now vote to leave the EU as opposed to, you know, when we had the Brexit vote, I think, huh, you know, where's that statistic from? Like, how are they, how are they measuring this? Like, what do people, what are people talking about it? Um, so we like to create data or use data from our clients, which we can use to create content with. Um, so yeah, sometimes we'll get the data from the client if they have some really um, interesting stuff to share, or otherwise we've started to create some online surveys where we can create the data ourselves. So what was the, oh, actually, let's go back a step. So what sort of um, topics make good data outreach? You mentioned there about Brexit. I was just thinking, wow, if there was a data outreach piece on the percentage of people that would vote leave versus remain now that's definitely something i'd read so uh, that's like piggybacking a trending topic i guess what sort of things make good data outreach uh topics to go after yeah i definitely something topical um that's current and happening um be, i mean for instance there was another client of ours did some data outreach about six months ago and then i think last month or a couple of months ago it was featured in the guardian because the content was so relevant to what people are talking about this year um, that it was useful to an article written in The Guardian. So just something that is that people are interested in and that is easy to talk about and discuss. So how do we choose a data outreach topic for this PPI client? So the first time we did data outreach was November 2017. And this was just a few months after the Financial Conduct Authority announced that there was going to be a PPI claims deadline. So this was about the time that Arnold Schwarzenegger and his robotic head started popping up on TV <laughs> and billboards. And uh, we were wondering if people were actually listening to these adverts and if they actually realized that there was going to be a PPI deadline. So we thought, well, let's find out. Let's... Um, create a survey and find out if people actually know when the deadline is or if everyone's kind of not really listening to these advertisements at all. And survey said? Survey said only 16% of people knew that um, the deadline was going to be in August of 2019. So most people didn't know. Okay, so that's immediately interesting, I guess, in a couple of angles. But really, that's saying that the the advertising campaign that FCA is running not particularly effective. So there's a kind of angle there about you know financial institutions and government departments wasting money. But there's also a bigger problem about actually there's this deadline and people don't know about it. So I guess that was quite a 
quite a happy result for you yeah. <laughs> running the survey. It definitely gave us a lot to talk about, which was really good um, because, yeah, I mentioned the fact that, you know, all this money is being spent, but is the message getting across to people? But then also it gave us an opportunity to promote the deadline, which is obviously really important for people to be aware of um, and talk about, you know, the how people can make a claim, whether it's with a claims company or on their own. Um, it just gave us a lot of scope to promote the deadline and PPI claims in general. So that was really great. So once we've got the data um, and it's written up in a blog post, what happens then? How do we turn that into getting featured in places? So there's a few ways to do it. One of them is just to email um, newspapers and publications and say, I've got this data. Can I write a story for you about it? Or another approach um, that we take is to write a press release about it. Um, so in this instance, we wrote a press release um, outlining the results and outlining, um, you know, why the PPI deadline needs to be promoted. And then we distributed the press release and it got us a lot of press coverage and we managed to get it featured in the mirror, which was well, which was great. Um, and that was the biggest publication that posted it. So that was really fantastic results. So just so people can kind of get a picture of what it might look like. How many links, how many features would we expect from, from a piece of data outreach like that? So you can dis if you distribute it um, well, then we, I think the first one we did, we got about 200 links across a multitude of different news websites, which was really fantastic. So that's like another level from doing kind of manual writing articles for one publication at a time isn't it? i can't think of many things that you could do where you could get so many links in a fairly short space of time yeah it's it's a pretty amazing way to get a lot of backlinks out there and get your story out there quickly um and if it's if it's really relevant and newsworthy then the the bigger publications are going to want to publish it and write about it which is great i think the interesting thing about this is since i saw you guys running data outreach surveys when you read the newspaper or you look on a you know news websites you actually start to realize how much of the news in quotes is coming from businesses that are doing some kind of research just to get in the news it's like all of the statistics that you see there is a company behind it and they're doing this to get links or get mentions and you kind of I don't know, it makes you kind of think a bit, little bit differently about the stuff that you read. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. So people might be listening thinking, okay, this is great for these guys because they're talking about something which is, you know, PPI and there's a deadline and there's publicity and there's ads. But I'm in a really boring business. My company doesn't get much attention. We're in an industry that hasn't really changed very much over the years. How can we do this type of content marketing? What do you say to those people? It's, it's definitely about thinking outside of the box and finding something that is relatable to people. Um, so just to give an example of another client, um, so we have a few clients that sell software, which isn't as newsworthy as PPI um, or anything extremely exciting. Um, but um, one of the pieces of software is performance management. And... Obviously, this year, the UK went kind of crazy about the World Cup um, and everyone was talking about it. So 
for this particular client, we, um, or the Content Marketing Ninja, pitched ideas um, linking to Gareth Southgate and how he gives feedback to his team because at the end of the day, performance management software is about giving feedback and helping people improve their performance. And so the article spoke about Gareth Southgate and his leadership and his feedback to the team. And obviously, that's something everyone was interested in this summer and this year that everyone was talking about. So while you wouldn't automatically link software with Gareth Southgate or with football, if if you think about what it comes down to, if you can find a connection, then then you can find content, write content about it. That's really interesting. So for that type of thing, do you start with the topic? So right, World Cup's trending, we want to find an angle on World Cup, or do you start with the client and their business expertise? I think try and start with the topic based on what's currently happening. Um, Because one thing we also do is we create content calendars. So if you know what events are happening um, in the UK or relevant to the industry, then you can plan your content a few months in advance around it. Um, but if you can't think of any specific topical things like the World Cup or Christmas or PPI claims deadline, then if you if you think about the product or the service and then just really think outside the box um, for how you can relate it to, to something that people are going to want to read about. Your boyfriend is a, 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 a bit of a legend in Exposure Ninja, Mitch, for his... Yeah. Um, <laughs> creative content marketing angles i think the one that gets the most laughs at seminars we run is the warehouse racking example do you want to tell us how he managed to get from something which is quite dry warehouse racking safety into uh i guess like game of thrones and doctor who yeah so um yeah he's he's very creative and it's about personal interests as well so um yeah this racking inspections in warehouses effectively it's a lot about workplace safety which sounds a bit dry but then you thought well how can you make this fun and workplace safety well you think you know what do we all like to do we like to go to the watch tv and go and see films so how can you relate you know tv and films to workplace safety well every tv show or most tv shows have places that people work so are these places safe and so he came up with um, uh, the most dangerous fictional workplaces. So he looked at the TARDIS and the Death Star and how, how safe are these places. And then, you know, it might seem quite far off from, you know, racking inspections, but it, it comes down to the premise of, are you safe at work? And that was, that was a fantastic um, bit of content that was shared a lot. I think the Death Star popped up in something else about accountancy, didn't it? Something like, could the Empire yeah. actually afford to build the Death Star based on the taxes that they collect or something? Yeah, I think that was another one as well for an accountant. <laughs> Superb. So it just goes to show, even if you're an accountant, which is many people's kind of archetype boring business, no offense to accountants, I'm sure, you know, it's actually, I think you want your accountant to be fairly boring. The last thing you want in your accounting is uh, creativity. Um, but it just goes to show, doesn't it? It's all about how you look at it and how you find those connections. And, and if in doubt, uh, ask a Doctor Who fan. <laughs> <laughs> So let's say that a listener has, you know, checked out all this stuff. They want to embark on a content marketing campaign for their business um, because they want the sort of 
uh, lead generation results that, that we spoke about earlier. So forgetting for a second that we both work at Exposure Ninja, and obviously we do this for clients, being completely impartial, how much of this stuff can, can businesses, whether it's a marketing manager or the owner of the business, how much can they do themselves? So I think as long as um, a small business has a, has a website that they can create content for, I think starting with writing a blog and creating blogs with kind of SEO optimized keywords is um, a good way to start. And I think people could do it themselves because there's a lot of um, content out there about how to write good blogs. And as long as you're focused on the keywords that you want to rank for, I think, I think you can definitely start that yourself. Um, and there's a lot of free apps, even that we sometimes use um, Grammarly and Hemingway app, and they can help you with your grammar and your sentence structure. So even if you're not the most confident writer, um, it can certainly um, help you to start. And I think one thing business owners um, will obviously be able to do really well is they know their product and their industry mm -hmm. inside out. So when it comes to writing content, the research time you know, might be less because they know a lot about the industry already and certain topics. Um, but I think, I think that's a good place to start for people um, to do it themselves. And, you know, I, I have my own blog. And sometimes when I look at the blogs I wrote about four years ago, they're shocking, but you get better. Um, if you, if you, the more you do it, the better you get. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a good place to start. And once they're doing it themselves, like when does it make sense to look at outsourcing and contact a company like Exposure Ninja or any other of the uh, many, many digital marketing agencies out there? I think when it gets to the point and you just don't have enough time. So, I mean, for, for a strong content marketing campaign like our PPR Claims Company, you know, we've put in about 100 hours a month. So I think if you get to the point where you don't have about, 40 to 80 hours to dedicate then I think finding someone who can do it um, is more valuable and if you don't feel confident doing it then I think outsourcing is is the best way forward and of course there are many trustworthy um, options available but if people do want some help with content marketing from Exposure Ninja what do they need to do they can request a free review um, from Exposure Ninja uh, we can highlight areas um, for on-site content and off-site content, um, which could be improved. Perfect. Helen, is there anything I should have asked you which I haven't? Not that I can think of. <laughs> okay, well, thank you so much for joining us. This has been super interesting and thank you for your ongoing amazing ninja skills. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah.